Welcome to Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. I'm Salwa Khan. How much water do you use every day? Most of us have no idea of how to answer this question, but it's an important one to think about because there are a lot of people in our world, but only so much water. So today we're going to find out how we can all conserve water so that our children and grandchildren will also be able to have enough water to drink, bathe in, and to wash their clothes in. My guest is Dr. Robert Mace, Executive Director of the Meadows Center for Water and the Environment. He thinks a lot about water and about conserving this very precious resource. I'd like to start by welcoming you to Mothering Earth, And since we're talking about water conservation, it makes sense to start out by talking about why we should conserve water. Because it seems to me there's plenty of water on Earth. After all, 70% of the Earth's surface is covered with water. That's right. Um, However, 97% of all the water on Earth is in the oceans, which means it's very salty. And that only leaves 3% of that water as fresh water. And then of that water that's fresh, one-third of it is frozen, uh, not only in your ice box, but on the ice caps of the earth. And of, of the bit that's not frozen, 99.7 of it is beneath our feet in aquifers. And aquifers tend to be notoriously difficult to manage sustainably. So how much water does an average person in the United States consume every so, day? So so there's different numbers, but the numbers I'm going to discuss are, are household use numbers, which is where we have our most personal relationship with water. And for the United States, that is about 100 gallons per day um, on average. And that's averaging your usage over the year because people do tend to use more water in the summer to to irrigate their lawns uh, in texas that number's about the same uh, 95 gallons per person per day okay so that that does take to uh into account all the water we we would use so that includes i mean what does it include it includes um you're brushing your teeth doing dishes if you have a pool, if you're watering the yard, if you're washing your car, um, if you're washing your dog. Okay. <laughs> or doing laundry, I guess. <laughs> oh, yes, doing laundry. <laughs> okay. So um, uh, what my thought was to st- sort of take a, a virtual walk around the house uh, to see where we might be able to conserve water. So uh, let's start in the kitchen. What can we do in the kitchen? So well, what, um, what should we be doing? In the we, so um, one interesting thing that we should be doing in the kitchen, which can be hard for for some folks, um, which which also includes my wife, is use the dishwasher. Um, dishwashers, modern dishwashers, use seventeen times less water than hand washing. Hand washing dishes is not very efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, Ideally, you would get an Energy Star rated dishwasher, which is an EPA rating for appliances. 
And those dishwashers will use four gallons or less to wash a load. Um, our, our dishwasher in our house uses three gallons um, wow. per load. <laughs> and in our case, we would have to run our water sense rated faucet. Um, um, if, if we ran our faucet more than 90 seconds, we've used more water than that dishwasher uses. Wow. Um, so, and, and dishwashers are continuing to get more and more efficient with time. That's pretty impressive. Um, now, what about things like uh, the garbage disposal or, or having a, um, an aerator on your tap? Is that useful? So, so on the garbage disposal, um, what, I'll, what I'll say there is that it's, uh, you know, best to generate less less waste in the first place, mm-hmm. um, because then you don't you know, you're not having to run water to to dispose of garbage. Um, ideally, compost. So, we live in Austin, and, and we live in a neighborhood that has city composting and provide a lot of scraps. And then recycle that into into the garden. Um, aerators, um, aerators. The um, you know they do exactly what the name infers. They add air to the water, which kind of makes it uh, bolder. It's like like using a hair dryer on your hair, and mm-hmm. you know adds more body. Um, aerators do that same thing, where you kind of um, it just feels like there's more water there than is really there. Okay. And and it, you can reduce the flow from uh, the mandated two gallons per minute per faucet down to one or even half a gallon per minute. And so that can reduce how much water is coming out of your faucet and, and save water. Another thing that we have in, uh, in our house was we put in a foot faucet, which mm-hmm. is a foot controlled um, way to control your kitchen sink faucet with your foot. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, when you're, when you are doing dishes or cleaning things, um, we can just turn it on when we need it and then it turns off. Um, and okay. so we also so call it's it just easier to control the easy, flow. easier to control the flow and you can then optimize how much water you're using. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm here today with Dr. Robert Mace, Executive Director of the Meadows Center for Water and the Environment. And we're doing kind of a virtual walk around the house to see where we can save water. So uh, we started out in the kitchen. Uh, Now let's go to the bathroom, so to speak. Uh, What can we do there to conserve water? There's uh, lots we can do in the bathroom. Um, There's the age old turn the faucet off when you're not brushing your teeth or using the water to brush your teeth. Uh, So just being aware of when you need water and when you don't. Um, Using water sense rated fixtures uh, for your faucets and your shower. Uh, This is also an EPA program that that, um, meets certain federal standards of of flow rates. you know, the people can use a lot of water in the shower, mm-hmm. um, so you can uh, try to minimize your time in the shower. Um, I uh, actually picked up a five-minute shower timer from from one of the state agencies, and 
and decided, oh, I'm going to time myself in the shower. I'm really in the water conservation. And I was shocked to find out that my average shower time was like nine to 10 minutes. Wow. And so, so I did a process assessment of how I was washing myself and using my time in the shower and was able to get that time down to well under, under five minutes. Right. Um, not quite the, you know, the panic shower when you wake up, you got a big interview and you're, you got three minutes to get ready. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but you can save a lot of, a yeah. lot of time in the shower. Right. Um, there's, there's well, something called Navy showers. Yeah. You know, I, I was just going to ask. ask <laughs> yeah. You know, where that, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you, you turn the water on, you get wet and you turn it off when you don't need right. it. Like, like when you're lathering and doing all that right. stuff, do you really need the, the water on? Um, sh- showers are tough though. You know, my wife and I have had a number of conversations about uh, shower usage and, and I know myself, I tend to do my best thinking in the shower and, and sometimes, um, you know, a good, good, long, warm shower is uh, less expensive than a marriage counselor. Um, right. But, but ideally, you, know, you keep your shower usage as, as low as you can. Um, and, and in our household, because we've done a bunch of things to save water, showering is probably 75% of our total water use these days. Right. And so for us, it becomes real important. The, um, you know, we talked about aerators already, and so those can help in the right. shower. Um, inline water heaters. So you can get these um, water heaters that you can put under the sink that uh, give you instant hot water. So you don't have to turn the faucet on and wait for the hot water to get to you. Right. And then it detects the temperature of the water coming in and it'll shut off automatically. Uh, you can do that to, uh, to save water. And of course, you know, if you're fortunate enough to design a house from the ground up, you know, just be thinking about how, how close or far away you are from your water heater to, again, minimize the, the water usage. Yeah. And then uh, toilets. Um, the, um, you know, old toilets uh, used up to seven gallons per flush. Um, modern federal and state standards require toilets be 1.6 gallons per flush or lower. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, if you go a dual flush toilet where, where you're choosing um, which button to hit, you know, the big button for number two, right. little button for number one. Um, I have to confess, sometimes I wish there was like a third button, the Tex-Mex button, you know, <laughs> when you need that extra force. But, but uh, a dual flush toilet will get you from 1.6 down to 1.28. And, uh, and we, we have dual flush toilets, which are rated um, at 1.1 gallon per flush. And, and this single number for flush is like, you know, the average of uh, uh, number two flushes, number one flushes. Right, right. Okay. Um, so uh, anything else in the bathroom or should we move on? Um, we can move on. Okay. So now let's go to the laundry room. Okay. Yes. there? So um, you can, there's opportunity to save a lot of water in the laundry room. Um, you know, in the kitchen and in the bathroom, uh, choosing Energy Star rated, um, EPA rated fixtures and appliances uh, make it almost a no-brainer. But but in the laundry room, it's it's worthwhile to spend some time doing research. 
Um, today's washers uh, range from about 10 to 30 gallons per load. Mm -hmm. If you get an Energy Star rated washer, um, they'll use 14 gallons per load or less. And so, so you could just go Energy Star and you know that you're going to do um, um, somewhat better than, than an average washer. So that's what we did. Oh, and we wanted a front loader. Um, and, and front loaders tend to use less water than top loaders, although the top loaders are catching up. Mm -hmm. but, but our front loader uses an amazing 2.6 gallons per load. So according to EPA, if you're using a 10-year-old washer and you compare that to a, um, um, a modern washer that's using 20 gallons per load, um, that old washer is costing you $185 more a year in water costs and energy costs. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm here today with Dr. Robert Mace, Executive Director of the Meadows Center for Water and the Environment. We're talking about water conservation, but right now we're going to take a quick break. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm here today with Dr. Robert Mace, Executive Director of the Meadows Center for Water and the Environment. And uh, we're talking about water conservation and we're doing, uh, we're doing a little walk around the house to uh, see where we can save water, conserve water. So uh, now let's go out to the yard. So most people have acres of lawn, which in my opinion is a terrible thing because of the huge amount of water they use, plus the large amounts of pesticides and herbicides that are put on them, which can end up in the aquifers. So um, I just wonder, what do you think about lawns? Um, I, I personally agree with you on lawns and uh, call them you know, vanity uses of water. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in a on an annual basis, Texans use about 30% of all their household water on lawns. So if you're looking to you know, reduce your, your household um, water usage, just uh, um, getting rid of irrigated landscape can, can bring down your water consumption by, by a third. Right. Um, and then you know, during the summer is when that, that uh, usage comes into play. And so that can double or triple uh, your your month-to-month -month water use compared to the, the winter use. And that winds up creating um, higher water bills because the water treatment plants that the city has, if, if um, you're hooked up to a city supply, have to meet those peak demands uh, to water lawns. Right. Um, and so, so that, that increase uh, costs. Right. So if you, if you do have a lawn, um, what, what might you do to replace it and thereby conserve some water? Well, the xeriscaping is, um, is what, what I would recommend, um, which is you know, using drought-tolerant plants, um, locally adapted plants who, who are already um, used to the amount of rainfall and used to the soils that you have. Um, and, uh, and you can you can put those in and um, still have a, a pretty pretty interesting yard but but reduce all those all those costs and those economic and, and environmental costs that are out there. 
That's right. Plus, you'd save yourself a lot of time because you don't have to cut the lawn. Yes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we have a Xeriscaped yard. And uh, when it's 100 and some degrees outside and I'm watching the neighbor um, mowing his his yard, you know, I'm inside sipping my beer, you know, enjoying the <laughs> enjoying the air conditioning. Right. Um, um, okay. Um, so another uh, way to cut down on your water bill would be to harvest rainwater. Can you talk about that? Sure. So, so we're we're zero escaped at our house, but we also have rainwater harvesting. And we collect that rainwater for, for our garden, uh, as well as the potted plants that we have uh, around our yard. And if there's any plants that we're establishing, um, even though they may be locally adapted and drought tolerant, still may need some water to get sure. going. Mm-hmm. And so we, we capture that rainwater off the uh, roof of our, our garage. Now we have a, um, a large, pretty large tank for in town. It's 5,000 gallons. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, you own the rainwater and you can capture that water. Plants, quite frankly, like it a lot better because it doesn't have the, the chemicals, the chlorine that you have in city water. And so, so the kind of the natural biota you have in your soils aren't going to be affected by rainwater because that's what they're used to. Um, and, um, um, and in, we wind up using rainwater for all of our outdoor uses, so we don't use any city mm-hmm. water. How about swimming pools? What can we do to conserve there? So, you know, we, we don't have a swimming pool, although since uh, COVID hit, we've sure been wishing we had a pool. Yes. It'd be kind of nice <laughs> to hang out in the I backyard. Um, you know, they're, they're essentially big evaporation ponds, um, and so you can lose quite a bit of water from a, from a swimming pool. And so covering the pool when it's not in use is, um, is a good thing to do to right. decrease your water foot, footprint with the pools. There's also um, uh, evaporation inhibitors that you can put on a pool, so it decreases how much water gets evaporated from the surface. Um, and then, you know, you could use rainwater to um, uh, top off your pool if, you, if you're oh. doing rainwater harvesting. Right. Um, so, so you can, you can certainly do that. You do, but pool has other um, environmental consequences um, because uh, chlorine and other chemicals that get put in there. So you, you do need to be careful about, you know, what you do with that water, you know, once you're done or you're changing it out. All right. And then uh, what if you want to wash your car? What should you do? Um, so, you know, you probably don't have to feel guilty about going to the car wash, your favorite car wash place, mm-hmm. and washing your car there. Many of those places these days do on-site recycling mm-hmm. of the water. Um Personally, what, what I do is I actually wash our cars with uh, rainwater and two-gallon watering jugs. <laughs> so, so I can wash my car with 10 gallons of, uh, of rainwater. Huh? And uh, we have a green driveway, so it's, um, it's, it's a kind of a meshwork of this heavy-duty plastic that is filled with soil and grass grows up um, in it. Right. And so I will uh, wash the car over that. And so I'm also getting some built-in water <laughs> reuse. <laughs> oh, 
Very good. Okay. Um, and then you you had mentioned something about cats versus dogs in terms of water yeah, so, efficiency or something. Yeah. So so I have a, it's a hypothesis. I, you know, I haven't seen a scientific study or done the scientific study, but. My hypothesis is that cats are more water efficient than dogs. Yeah. You know, they, they wash themselves and some right. people wash their cats. I don't know why we don't wash our cats because, you know, they're, they're like self-cleaning ovens. You know, they, they are. Of, they they always smell themselves. so good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. You know, and, and you know, they, they don't drink a whole lot of water. You'll notice, um, right. and this is a fact, that cat watering dishes are smaller than dogs. So there's less surface area, less evaporation. And, yeah. you know, and cats tend to be smaller, so they're not using up as much water. You know, versus dogs where you're having to wash them a lot or if you're having to spray down, you know, right. where they've done their business in the backyard. You know, you don't have to do that with a cat. So, <laughs> so you know, there's part of me that thinks that if you're really concerned about water conservation, you might might do do cats more than you do dogs and and uh you know and we've we've got six cats and you know and they probably still don't use as much water as one medium-sized dog yeah yeah <laughs> i'm with you on that <laughs> sure <laughs> all right um so now uh so we've t talked about multiple ways in which you can conserve water um what might be some consequences of not conserving water well, you know, the water, as we, we talked at the top of the show, water, fresh water is limited. And most of that fresh water is beneath our feet, and it's difficult to manage that sustainably. Uh, people tend to want to live in big cities, and, and those cities uh, quickly overcome their local resources and, and wind up reaching outwards to, to gather more water. And so... You know, the consequences of not conserving water is, um, you know, there's financial consequences uh, because it's going to cost you more money if you're using more water. But then also there's a bigger picture of, of as your community has to reach out for more water, it's getting more and more expensive to do so. And so the new water uh, costs much more than, than the initial water supplies that were used. The water that gets used has consequences for envir the environment. Um, springs drying up, um, uh, seeps and rivers and streams drying up, which impact environmental flows. Right. And so that, that becomes um, an issue. And then there's also social equity issues in there as well, whether it's urban versus rural, because when urban areas have to reach out for water, they're generally reaching out into rural areas mm -hmm. uh, where those people were counting on on that water for use. Right. right. And then uh, there's also, uh, I would guess, an issue with wells, people who are on wells. Yes. Um, you know, in the, in the hill country, as the hill country grows population-wise, you know, we're seeing water levels in those aquifers uh, go down year after year, uh, especially during times of drought, and and folks' wells may may even go completely dry right. uh, during bad droughts, and so there's there's consequences for people's water supply uh, systems as well. Um, so it's real important to use that water as efficiently as possible, even if you're on a your own well um, out in the out in the country. Um, and, and having a general um, uh, 
culture around, um, you know, whether it's xeriscaping native plants, you know, minimizing that outdoor usage and using water very efficiently, using rainwater harvesting to supplement what you have, or even being completely on rainwater harvesting, which there are people in the hill country that do, that, that helps the aquifer, which helps keep springs like Jacob's Well, um, San Marcos Springs and other springs flowing. Water truly is life. That's why we all need to conserve water every day. Although there's a lot of water on Earth's surface, only about 1% is available for human use. The rest is salt water or water that is frozen. As the Earth's population has grown, the problem of water scarcity has also grown. There's more demand for water, but a limited supply. Some things to think about. A leaky faucet can waste up to 3,000 gallons of water in a year. A leaking toilet wastes 200 gallons of water every day. Here are some other tips to use and share. Turn the water off while you are actually brushing your teeth or shaving. When you take a shower, turn the water off while you soap up. Turn the water on only long enough to wash off the soap. Use a dishwasher and only use it to wash full loads. If you hand wash dishes, Wash them in a partially filled tub or sink. Use a spray attachment to rinse them and then quickly turn the water off. Install an aerator to reduce water flow on your faucets and install low flow shower heads. Reduce water usage by installing low flush toilets. Use the shortest cycle possible for washing clothes. If we all did these simple things every day, we can reduce the amount of water we use. Until next time, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news.